Mama say, Mama sign the Makusa. 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 There's no way the delay is that long. There's no delay in the world big enough to cover that. This is the Russell Brand podcast with me now. Digging up the grave of a beloved entertainer is Matt Morgan and Mr. G. And what a journey it's been. I'm still in Vancouver. There's a time delay, but not big enough to justify what's just happened. I How's just think going, you've Matt? got you right? no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got rhythm, baby. I've got rhythm all over the place. I mean, but like, the Marseille, Mamasara, Mugkunka. What is that? I mean, that's that bit where he's dressed up as a king with Eddie Murphy, isn't it? No. No. It's well, what was it then? Want to be starting something? Oh right, so it's the very king, early. The off the wall. Yeah, no, it's um thriller, yeah, thriller. Relatively normal Michael Jackson. When it was okay to like him. I reckon if you just yeah. one person just started doing that in a train station, I reckon you'd get quite mm. a few people join in. Could I go think you'd be taken to the Maudsley Mental Hospital. And, yeah, and I think you'd but begin. all of you would go. They wouldn't know who started it. Okay, you're all, the whole carriage is going to Maudsley Mental <laughs> Hospital. We can't see who's the instigator of this ridiculous craze. But Matt, this kind of reclamation of public spaces through art is the very kind of situationist movement we need to get behind. People singing, people reclaiming the anodyne, sanitised public space and making once more humanity and freedom paramount in our experience rather than this watered-down, diluted, powder-packed, experience of being human. I've got an email here from a young man called Alex. He's, he's 26 and a half years old. He says, Russell, Matt, Mr. G, exploring where you shouldn't is already catching on. Well, that's, you know, that's my teenage years mm. covered in a line. I work on the top floor of one of the tallest office buildings in London. We have security and reception, swipe passes to get through lifts, key codes for every floor. I returned from lunch today to find a strange man standing at my desk. He was in his 80s. He carried a walking stick. He was staring at the river. I asked him if he was okay. He apologised for being there illegally and explained he just likes to find good views and he'd be on his way soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. He stared out for a few more minutes then got in his way i don't know who he was or how he get got in maybe oh, this guy uh, speculates as to whether or not that man was a time traveler from another dimension that's what alex is saying about the simple act of an elderly man reclaiming public space is there do they have more rights to put up these adverts than we have to put up graffiti do they have any more rights to put up these tall towers than we do to build sort of ewok villages in the middle of london all these questions and more will be answered over the next 45 minutes and at the end we're going to have the galling spectacle of matt Morgan interviewing a credible feminist, no, Laurie I'm Penny, not doing the new the statesman Russell. writer. Why aren't you doing any interviews? Right, Why listen, don't you interview Laurie Penny? This is my Penny first... Reggie's known as credible feminist. This yes. is going to be big for us no, in the feminist listen, world. First reason, right? I've got a woman here who's probably a feminist. Are you a feminist? She's a bloody feminist. I've got a feminist stood here. There's a bloke here. Are you a feminist, Kai? Most certainly. There's a feminist man and a... Fe- What's your name, mate? Nikki's a feminist woman. I'm surrounded by mate, a feminist so a of woman, both genders. A feminist yeah, woman, no less. <laughs> don't try and be all like, I'll call, you know, I'll call mate, mate I'll say that to a bloke or a bird, don't worry. Bloke, bird, mate, mate, none of that, no more darling and love, no more of my Boise 1980s personality, Matt. Listen. Oh no, this is a new old Russ preparing for the penny lorry. I think she might have a go at me, that's why I'm worried about it. Why don't you well, do the no, interview? Wait, look. What happens when I interview mm-hmm. them is they sound disappointed that it's not you. Yeah. So first of yep. all, I've got to deal with that 
right? <laughs> then I've got to try and claw back something. Yeah. I When I'm looking at the piece of paper, reading about them in the moment, yeah. I can only yeah. do one thing at once. That's why the wheels fall off you're quite quickly. You're a terrible quickly. interviewer. I can't do it. I don't want also, to do it. And I shouldn't have to do it. I do the bloody adverts. You can do it, Matt. I don't, you I'm not interviewing a feminist. I haven't got any problems with women. Oi, I ain't got no problems with women, you bitch. You discredited me. You discredited me for the last time. You need to talk to her to make your case. I don't need to talk to her. I'm one of the best damn feminists ever there was, ain't I? Yeah, well, you didn't talk to her then. I didn't. Me and him had a real connection. No, you fucked it up. It was awful. It was a catastrophe. Now, look, I've got here with me. Your fucking name is in the show title, so you you do it. Fuck I've you, you a, fucking cunt! <laughs> oh my god! I've got here the host of the nice show not, yeah. for Jack FM. His name is Kai. Hello, fellas. He's put. He's, he's really being overly physical with me in that way that I think people from the colony sometimes think it's all right to do. It isn't. Uh, with you, um, or like, he, is that more general? Just comment? generally with with the English, with the English. Um, I, I'm here with Kai. He's the breakfast show host for Jack FM. He wants to do an interview with me. I said the only way he can possibly do it is if it's squeezed into this podcast that we do on Audio Boom, sponsored by. Variety of people, whether it's Underpants FM or Squarespace.co.ufm. <laughs> so uh, Kai is here to do an interview with me. So for the next three to five minutes, is it right with you, Matt and G? If Kai and I do this yes, thing together, yes, we've sat through acupuncture and everything else you have going on. Bollock, hey, I've been a great guy. I've been a good friend over the years. Yes, Let's I'm, do it now. We love you dearly. Here comes Kai. You sound absolutely thrilled there, fellas. Thanks very much for the support. Love no, we, it's not you, Kai. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Can I, can I describe what we've got him set up here at the moment? We've thrown him in a bit of a booth at the back here, and um, he's got about seven bottles of water strewn around the place, uh, several bananas. He just ate a viciously unripe, what looked like a pear or something at the moment, Rusty, does it? It was viciously unripe. It was like gnawing into a rock, Kai. It was an unpleasant experience, and I'm glad you've got the observational skills to have set that up. Uh, and then also out the door, there's an entourage of 17. So uh, fuss uh, Pop Farm has actually gone on the road at the moment, so they're yes. all here. Yes. Fuss Pop Farm, see? People like that. Fuss Pop we're Farm, we're in 17. What have we got here? I'll talk to bring my own food. Bum. You're all my mum round there. You don't need food. I love how he still knows the song. Hey, Russ, first up, buddy, what are you actually here in Vancouver for? I'm here in Vancouver making a film called Army of One, directed by Larry Charles, starring Nicolas Cage, with supporting acting... By me. That's why I'm in Vancouver, I believe, because it's a city that provides tax breaks. Inadvertently, the other day, I ran into a protest for United Iraq, and when they saw me running along, they went, It is the American actor, Russell Brown. Come here, take the microphone. (laughs) And I had to give a little speech about a unified Iraq while I had really bad jet lag, and I don't know what a unified Iraq means. I just was just confidently said it was probably good. Give us about 10 seconds of what you did say then, just in case. Hello, I'm a bit tired. I've just got off of a long flight, but I admire your courage and I see that we're outside here, the, uni- the U- United States consulate in numbers of up to 20. <laughs> and to this tune, the people of Iraq, bold people, Arabian people, in Allah's name will rise again. And once more we shall reclaim from the great Satan the heights of nobility. God bless you, my brothers. I'm going to... <laughs> so it went quite well. <laughs> that's oh wonderful. God, that's um, funny. Just to know also... Uh, <laughs> Don't just press all the switches. This is going on a Canadian breakfast show, Matthew. What? This is going on a Canadian breakfast show. Let Kai oh, do his God. interview. Okay. Don't touch any more switches. 
I've actually got some we can all join in here. Because you've got three of you here, you can actually all have some fun with this, okay? You can all jump in as soon as you quite possibly can. Uh, This is Know Your Co-Star because you're actually going to be on with Nicolas Cage, right? Do you know much about the guy at all? I know everything there is to know about Nicolas Cage. There's no question you can ask me which I won't answer correctly. All right, here we go. You can all jump in first here. Nicolas Cage once paid $276,000 at an auction after winning a bid... Lisa Marie Presley! Incorrect, the answer's dinosaur, but you might get an answer to the one coming up. Uh, number two, Nick Cage has owned several of a certain type of home. Car- Castle. Caravan, mobile home. Castle. Castle is correct. Well done. In how fact, did you, How um, did you know that? Oh, me and Nick, you know, we go back. <laughs> Hanging out. We both like our history. Good mates. He actually owns uh, Midford Castle in Somerset. You've been past it. You actually put a bid on that one as well, Russ? Or? The Mitfords, like the famous Mitford sisters who during the Nazi times somewhat supported the old Nazis. Yeah. Or a couple of them did. I think one of them married into it. They're a famous group of sisters, the Mitfords. And I like them particularly because the word Mitford sounds like an elegant aristocratic oh, vagina. Because he didn't know castles. He has to go. I, I, I do know things. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Mitford. I know last that. one, last one, Russell. Uh, Nicholas Cage's last name at birth is the same as a famous... Coppola, American. Francis Ford Coppola. Well done, he's actually won it. Way to go. Uh, last thing I want to ask you before I jump off and let you do the rest of your show. Ooh, you've got a lovely large chest there, haven't you? He's been I'm being touched up, oh, I'm being abused in the booth. If I was a woman now, that would have been a sex <laughs> Large pectorial. I've given you a bed for this bit. Okay, let's use this as a bed car. You're a proper DJ. Okay, cool. Uh, we all love you over here at the moment, Russell. And uh, you're so well educated and articulate. Tell me down, it's too high in the mix. You can a lot of people cannot do, which is make a dull topic interesting. So for the next one minute, you must speak interestingly about gravel. Gravel is interesting because if you think about the gravel outside my window, it's old molten lava that's grown into balls. And as I felt it underfoot the other day as a raven swooped down attacking me after it had been in an aerial onslaught against a seagull, I thought, what is this beneath my feet, this ancient volcanic rock now touching my tootsies, doing a kind of immediate reflexology on me? Would it matter if they were smaller particles or great boulders or meteors from space? Even the rock we stand on now, the Earth itself was once from space. Here we are, infinite, in the infinite. Nitrogen, hydrogen and oxygen, the composite parts of everything we breathe and touch and eat and stand on. So in a way, we're all gravel. Said, gravel is all around gravel, us. Gravel, not gabble. Either way, either way. So that was about a minute, wasn't it? And plus, I won the Nick Cage quiz. Yes, he did. So that's two from two. And not many people can so eloquently talk about gravel, but then turn it into a conversation about a seagull taking a shit. So thanks very much. The seagull didn't even take shit. But Kai, thank you very much for coming on our show. I hope. Did you get everything you needed? Absolutely. Thanks, fellas. Have a great day. Hey, thanks, uh, Kai. Is there anything we could be promoting? Oh yeah, it, do our listen to our thing on Audio Boom. Yep. You're a Canadian. Go for it. Give us the address and everything. It's on Audio Boom. I don't know. Upload jingles that. and probably... audio messages to the Russell Brand channel at audioboom.com. Com and Good. email That's Russell and Matt at audioboom.com. Well done, Matt. That's the most professional thing you've ever done. Love it, boys. Thank you. Cheers, Kai. Thank Cheers. you very much. We've got to carry on with our show now. Matt, have you got any emails or any? Are you going to contribute anything worthwhile over the course of this show? Are you just going to be a rabble rouser, an instigator, and a troublemaker? Um, well, hmm? I've got this here about me saying my face doesn't yeah. match my voice. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Your face doesn't match your voice. Thank God, because I don't like either. Well, it says here that, don't get me wrong, he's a good-looking fella, but his voice suggests Waitrose quinoa salad. But his face screams Mm. a case of 4X and a packet of Monster Munch from a petrol station. Well, that is actually what you're like. And this quinoa is a very late addition, isn't it? It's Yeah, I mean, what he's trying to say there is my voice sounds middle class, but my face is a part of the underclass. 
which I suppose is... If even in the underclass, there's a lot of people oh, in the underclass yeah. would probably oh, reject you. I mean, what I've always thought you look like and have done for the last few years is a member of a prison gang that's not doing well. Well, yeah, sort of down on their luck. A down on its luck prison gang. gang, The racist white supremacist Ah. one that can't keep control of its landing because a new influx of black inmates has really taken control. Well, uh, there was a time when I had a beard and a shaved head and it did look a bit racist. You've still got those lovely eyes, though, Sonny Jim. That's the thing. Yeah. Now, isn't it? So, uh, Matt's, Matt's mismatched voice and face are an intriguing topic, and many members of the Matt Morgan Appreciation Society or Matty Cakes, many of the fledgling splinter groups that appreciate Matt in a way that I can only, I can't even begin to understand. Aside, there's an email here about one of my lovely new items as the crow flies, as crows continue to leave their emblematic mark on this podcast and its ongoing narrative. This is from John. He says, I loved your interview with Bradley Garrett in podcast nine. And the story of your free runs around London. You might be interested to know that a lot of these ideas date back to the Situationist movement in Paris in the 50s. Their main man was called Guy Debord, as people like me will say, Guy Debord, knowing how things should oh, be is said this about proper. Flanois. Flaneurs. Uh, fla- flaneurs. Yeah. It might be about flaneuring and situationism. And he understood that modern mm. cities are constructed to lead you to the areas and buildings they want you to remember and to bypass and bury the areas they want to hide. For example, shops, government buildings, sports arenas, libraries, transport hubs, cultural landmarks and expensive dwellings are prominent, whereas working-class housing, army barracks, sewage works, factories and power plants are mm. less accessible. Of mm. course. That's not well, I suppose conspiracy, so. is it? <clears throat> Hey, in a, what, what, a secret <clears throat> thing stopping us going to the sewage works instead <laughs> taking us to Wembley Stadium, man. It's the government <laughs> keeping us down, man. I'm trying to get to these sewage works. I keep ending up at the football matches. Well, that's stupid. But, no, but a sewage works is an integral part of our municipal function and indeed our bodies. That's yes, it. When but I was you, down you that... don't want it in the middle of the city, do you? Because it stinks. So that's why they put it somewhere. It's not because they're trying to. They're trying yeah, to but keep you could down, say the man. same thing about working class communities. You don't want them in the middle of the they city stink. because they stink. No, but that is precisely what's implicit in that statement. It's, not. it's this lack of integrate. It's this lack of integration that's causing our society to malfunction. You know, like even in our own nature, we don't integrate our bodies bodily functions, our sexual desires, our intellectualism, our spirituality, they're all disparate things. And what he's saying there about the way you're led through a city is interesting. Of course, you're not going to go and watch shit trundling down a pipe the same way you would a football match, although this podcast has tried to make it as central as imaginable. But it's, a, it's an intriguing point. But check out this. The situation is thought that the only way to truly experience the reality of a city was to drift through it. What a bunch of lazy bones. Oh, the only way to experience this city is to just drift through it, drunk, not doing any work, or helping properly when the Nazis turn up. With no plan or agenda, they simply met at randomly chosen spots and set off. The only rules were that they didn't visit shops, places of entertainment, or any other capitalist lures, and they were not allowed to agree on a destination. That's amazing. They're French. They won't agree on anything anyway. It seems they did bring their own supplies of wine, though. Thank you for your enthusiasm for the subject. It's time we reclaim the cities for the people who lived in them. Best wishes. John. I like that email a lot, Matt. On that theme, right, I saw this thing where... For no reason, these people, you know, like when you've got, uh, it's an iPhone app or whatever phone app, right, where you go cycling, I had one, uh, or you go running, right, and it draws your, like, route onto a map so you can see where you went. But people started doing it so they'd draw, like, willies or draw a star or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they'd just go for a walk or a run or a cycle that drew a picture, Mm -hmm. right? If you sort of, 
as the flaneurs or whatever, when they just sort of said drift, if you went like, let's choose a shape and then draw that shape on a map, then it would lead you into all sorts of places you would never go. Why don't you do that, Russell Brand, and work your way through the alphabet? <laughs> over no, the streets of what London. about Russell Brand's willy walks? Willy walks around <laughs> London with old the shape Russ. of willies. And then you'd have to go yeah, back to walks. the balls and do the pubes. At the end of the walk. Yeah, and and the drip of spunk would be a hop, skip and a jump. <laughs> you'd have to get a cab. You'd have to turn the app off. Otherwise, you'd be connected to the drip of spunk and it wouldn't work. This that drip of spunk is going to be a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> this comes up when we're talking to feminist Laurie Penny oh, later in the show <clears throat> in an attempt to gain some credibility hey, in the listen, feminist community. We'll do v- yeah. vagina walks too. Hey! <laughs> oh, no. Don't try to riff on that comedically because we'll get in trouble. What are you eating? Don't a say vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised she's still around. <laughs> now, listen here. There isn't actually anyone here. It's Nick Lennon marshalling this fiasco of a fucking podcast. No, it is a fiasco, um, yeah. isn't it? I don't know. This is the last Do you one. Think it's been at, a... This is the last one of this run of 24. Do you realise that? Is have enough a... people listen to it. That's well, what worries some people us. have listened to it more than who because they're in sending it. us e- emails. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we're doing quite well. Hold on a minute. I was saying I was going to say then. It was brilliantly important, and funny, and, and absolutely everything we was. needed to be. Very much. No, there was. It was to do with these walks and everything like that. Walks, now, willy walks, about? vagina walks, feminists. Oh yeah, that was to do with the willy walks. There's a bloke in Manchester, right? Who went? You know, like no. when there's potholes. <laughs> no, no. Hear this, my friend. Some t- tell tale of a man in Manchester. That's how it got its name. There's a like there's a bloke in Manchester who, when there's potholes in the road, he draws willies round. Them so that the council have to fill in the wi- uh, fill in the uh, potholes. Yeah, People won't. Yeah. Like, they won't he's fix become, the potholes. He calls himself Wanksy. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, they won't fill in the hole. But as soon as you draw a willy round it, it becomes obscene. Then they'll fill it in. Now Russell's going to say, yeah. "Yeah, I mean, it's the, the nature of reality. I mean, it's uh, the, the, only when it's a phallus. I mean, maybe feminists are in control. The, fa- the phallus is so offensive to reality. It's just a hole in the road, man. It's a hole in the road." <laughs> Well, right. I can take the next few minutes off because that was what I was basically <laughs> going to say. Get that banana <laughs> out of your mouth, she said. And into why my what? My body cello? Is that what you want? Well, at least it would be quieter for us. At least it would be further it wouldn't, from because the mic. I'd be, I'd be howling like a goose because of the <laughs> sheer pain. My my little bumhole's like a tear duct because I'm living a quiet life, not having it off these days. Is why would that why. make your bumhole bigger if you weren't having it off? What Are you coming <laughs> Look, out? I'm not prepared to answer any more questions on why the size of my Botticello is related to my said sex his life. his bumhole has gone tiny because he's not having it off anymore. What the hell? Well, that is a magician's inkwell. <laughs> what is going on? Busted. That is... Uh, what's it's in the not distance? in Canada doing that? a film, is he? No. Hmm? I am with Nick Cage, though. (laughs) (laughs) And there's more than a face coming off, baby. Let me tell you that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that's the kind of thing I've been doing and saying with my life. What about your life? This feminist interview is going to go very well, isn't it? We can't keep this show on the road. It just keeps falling into the ditch of foulness. You're going to... I think the Ditch of Foulness is our base camp. We occasionally pop out for a quick butchers at something cerebral, and then it's back into the gutters. Matt, I don't know how you're going to conduct this interview. I think it's going to be a real cock-up. Uh, if you... I'll tell you what, mate. 
If you throw that interview to me, I'm just going to sit there <laughs> on my hands. I'm actually going to turn my <laughs> mic down just in case I feel so awkward I actually ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> what, you do that to me? After everything I've done to you? Although she won't, have, that, she won't know who I am, so she won't know that I've got a face like a man who buys Monster Munch from a petrol station. She'll think, oh, this is Waitrose Quinoa Salad ah. Man. She's going to think you're a quinoa salad no, man. She's not going to be looking for a monster muncher. I know muncher. it's funny and everything, and but this isn't about comedy, this podcast, is it? No, that's clear. Now, why don't we do some more of these bloody fucking emails? I went to Florence anyway. What? That is not how human beings talk. What? There was no segue there. Let's do some more emails. I went to Florence anyway. Like you're arguing with the voices in your head. Which you probably I are. see some Caravaggios, mate. I see a Caravaggio of a Medusa drawn on a shield that really manages to capture the horror of the Medusa. Some say that's why Caravaggio was a great man. Hang on, that's our Sinbad looking at Medusa in the shield. Oh, I suppose it's a classic. No, myth. it's uh, Perseus. It's Perseus. Is it? Clash I haven't, haven't seen any Perseus, Caravaggios Perseus. up close. You want to have a look at him, mate. That guy knew what he was doing. He was a master of the light, old Caravaggio. I do and he like, had a real darkness in him. I do he stabbed like, someone in a duel. I do like looking at oil paintings up close because you can see how they did them. Sometimes you think, oh, right, yeah, it's not as good. I saw some Salvador Dali's up close and thought, it's rubbish up close. What do you mean? Why well, you can sort of see, you can see Oh, look, he left a big fat bit of paint there. And you can, well, you, you know, it undermined him a little bit. What you see behind the curtain a little bit, a do you? A little yeah? bit, a glimpse. No, just, you know, you think, oh, I could have done that little bit. Not the whole thing. And you are quite good at art. I do remember you carved that picture of me into a desk with a knife, and it was very impressive. I don't remember this. You, you've mentioned this before. It sounds like I was obsessed with you, and I was a teenage girl at school. I think you've it, imagined I it. I saw it more that you were a whittling pirate man and just sort of dashed it out in a moment with a where blade. Was, I didn't where see it as... was I? Where were we? We what were in Bethnal Green off of Whitechapel Road around Martino's house that he was soon to lose after being sacked from his job because one of us, who remained nameless, <laughs> got on the roof of a van, drank gin oh, and dry-wrenched onto a sobbing man. out of his house because someone scratched a face. On the table. <laughs> I don't think it helped with the landlord when the landlord came. At, the, at that point, it was not even a famous person's face etched into a table with a butter knife. That's hardly going to help property prices. I don't know why that's disappeared from my mind because that's something I would remember. But mm. I don't know, maybe yeah, but you've, you've, put, you've left a lot of clutter in your brain, haven't you? Really, mm. and, and and a lot of important things are just not there. Why don't you put on a new? Ain't you got a new? Uh, why don't you put a bit of a da 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 on Pouchabell Pouchabell's Cannon from Woody's Eight Seven Eight One? is what I've been yeah? playing all the way through the last one. But do you want when to get more of it? When I was talking to that geezer, yeah, no, do a new one. What about <laughs> classical music? Do you know that this song, Pouchabell's Cannon? <laughs> yeah. What about this, it? It's the it's the beginning point of a lot of pop music. You know the um, How? that song. What is it? Don't Stop Believing by Journey. That sort of cool progression. It's. Uh, it's all Where do you learn Pachabell's a thing like that, canon. Matthew? Well, there was a there was this thing on YouTube. Well, there's this comedy troupe who are musical comedy troupe. I can't remember what they call. Oh yeah, Axis of Awesome, right? And they mm. do a thing which is amazing. You should look at it. Where it's like four chords, and then they keep playing the four chords over and over, and you sing hundreds of famous pop songs over them, and they all fit because Ooh. that chord progression is just it just works, and it's like you know. So there's loads. There's uh, Ooh. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, look, oh, come on, have some facts. Oh, right, I've facts? got the facts. Now, these, well, No Woman, No Cry, Let It Be. 
right? Bob Marley, the no, Beatles, we'll Natalie and Brulia, no. torn. Let's... You two with or without you. Um, Green Day, Basket Case, Aerosmith, crying. There's honestly hundreds of them. It goes on and on. And each time they do it, they add. You know, they keep it up to date. But those chord progression, that chord progression, is the basis of a lot of famous songs. <laughs> So those of you that say that Matt and I live in the gutter, merely exchanging puerile scatological titbits like a couple of monkeys picking shit off their bums and showing it to each other, must be feeling pretty embarrassed now that he's said a thing that has some cultural value. This is from Barney Trouble, which is the most made-up name I think we've ever received. And if it's not a research from Audio Boom, I'd like a shiny uh, coin for my the, trouble. The Trouble family goes, oh, it's happened again. No one believes us. Trouble is out, well, not middle name, but surname. It's about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming, says Barney, is something I've been playing with for around 18 months now. Let me just say, lucid dreaming's not a toy. It was great to hear Mafu, and he spells it that way, mention it on the podcast. When I first experienced it, I was so excited that I accidentally woke myself up, dirty devil. It's very, very hard to practice, and for me, it was another two months before I did it again. The best way to describe it would be, compare it to daydreaming. When you daydream, something will jolt you back to reality, like in a cartoon, when they jolt back to reality, and like they go, Dennis, 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 and then, you know, and it's happening Which never happens in real life, does it? That has never happened to me. No one's ever gone Russell Russell in a dream. Although there was one time when I was asleep on an immigrant's bed and I got shoved. And I do remember that in the dream I was having on the immigrant's bed, I was shoved in that too. And then when I woke up, it was the actual immigrants like, shoving me to say, what are you doing in here? Yeah. And I said, well, if I was Nigel Farage, I could say the same thing to you. What are you doing here? But I didn't say that because... Anti-immigration rhetoric has never been old Russ's thing. Not no. even then, when I was in a room with some immigrants who were actually very kind to me. Uh, well, you were the immigrant kind. in their room, weren't you? I'd immigrated into their room. I was just there, and it must have been a very frightening thing for the elderly woman and children that flanked me. Naked. And my nude form on that bed there. But uh, you know, I saw him years later down at the old office. It's a story I've told many, many times. Anyway, the fact is this, that in that instant, I do remember that there was a bit where I thought, this is a bit like a dream. And also maybe, Matt, that time I caressed your furry buttock, uh, mistaking what? it but for it the woman. But it wasn't furry. Well, have you been using this lucid dreaming, Matt? I don't think you've got it in you no. to do a lucid dream. I think yours is a right mumble, oh. mumbo jumble of crud. I had a dream the other day, and I remember it for some reason, that you know when you get a new phone, it's got that plastic screen protector on it, right? Yeah. Are you ever tempted to leave that on? Leave it on for as long as I can, which could bob up to about a week, I reckon I can keep it on there. Then I peel it off. Mm. I was doing that on a car windscreen. Uh, I had one over my car windscreen, and then people laughed at me and said, you've still got the thing on your car. <laughs> and then I was peeling it off and I was at lights. I'd stopped with my hazards on to peel it off and it was very hard to peel off. I only got about two inches on, off of the mm. windscreen mm. before. I mean, it was a terrifying dream. Really. Did it splinter and shred, a baby? A harbinger of doom from humanity. No, no, it was just the plastic bit and I was trying to pull it off and mm. uh, it wouldn't could come off. Could you not get the whole thing off? That's what I want to know. That's oh, the sort no, of thing that get a crop up I, I got a sort of corner of it off and it was just flattened off. Once you've off, got the corner, it, that's the body of the work no, done. No, it's it a simple very, swish very from there. I had to get back in my car and um, draw, and I sort of, well, I was in a dream, so I don't know where I went, but probably to another dream. The unconscious mind grappling in the infinite unknown there, using symbols and images to try and make sense of the madness of what, modern what life. Un, what We're I trying to get do that about, in this podcast and all. What I don't get about dreams is, right, <clears throat> you've still got mm -hmm. who you are in the dream. So why don't you just go, yeah. well, this isn't possible. 
there's things happening in dreams like I've you know like where I'm part female and I'm still at school and stuff and it doesn't even make any sense why doesn't the mm. part of me that's me say like, why, why isn't that. the dream about me going oh my god I'm part female and I'm back at school but I'm not I'm just living my life good yeah this is who I am so why is that that means that myself and who I consider myself to be is an illusion I believe so. And and the process of our participation in reality is one of refinement. Like when you talk about your son, his approach to reality is very, very sort of open. And you can even witness the experience of him learning the rules and codes of like, you know, remember you told me that thing about when he, he you told him he was going to get some pirate coins. And what was oh, that yeah. story again? <clears throat> no, he was. Um, so he'd had chocolate money, you know, like gold coins that you open and there's chocolate in there. And then another day, we I was we were making we were cutting stuff out of cardboard, and I made a load of circles and said, "Let's make pirate money." And we had gold paint, so I painted all these things, and I left them to dry on like a drying rack, like a thing you'd let a cake dry on, just so the paint would dry, and he'd get them sooner because obviously, as soon as you do it, I want to play with them. They're covered in gold paint, right? Then they dried. About two hours later, I said to him, "Look." The pirate coins are ready, and he took. And he was so excited and got them, and he peeled them open. They were just cardboard from a cardboard box, <laughs> and like looked inside them. And went, we can't eat this, and he threw them all in the bin. And he hated them. He was, <laughs> took me about an hour to get him back down from his cloud of depression from it. But yeah, so in yeah, his but- mind, the reality was money pirate money has chocolate inside it so the fact that we painted cardboard to mm. him did like you know you think what an idiot how did he think the chocolate was going to appear but to him that's what reality was and in that moment there isn't the universe just gave reality him cardboard fell to apart eat. yeah yeah instead of chocolate and i sometimes feel that reality is continually giving me cardboard instead of chocolate and uh, and this Which is the reality name of your new book isn't it a cardboard not chocolate cardboard for by Russell Brand. By Russell Brand. Me and Owen Jones just looking out of a window with teary eyes. <laughs> now, what what I want to say is, like, for me, I don't even know for... Like, I wouldn't know for a fact that it's not just gerbils in my stomach running everything. I don't know why there's a full moon some days and then not others. I don't well, know what that light source is or why it's happening. My, know like, that. knowledge of reality is... What, is it because the sun's the other side of the earth and then, like, the shadow of the earth is being cast on the moon? Is that what's going mm-hmm. on? Where's the light coming from? The sun is shining on the moon and it's illuminating either the full face of it, depending on the angle, Mm. or like one edge of it. In relation to the Earth? Yeah. I think it was an old belief that the shadow of the Earth was on the moon, but actually I think it's just light. What is that shadow then? It's not a shadow, it's just a lack of light. The sun is at one side of the moon, so it's illuminating just one edge of it in a very thin crescent moon. Or if if it's a slightly different angle, it might be illuminating a whole... I don't know. And you how do know we know whether stuff. it's not gut gerbils that's running our guts, but kidneys and stuff? What I'm, what I'm just trying to point out is that if I didn't have the sort of the, all of us are, ha- are operating on second-hand knowledge. In ancient civilizations, there was more of a sense of connectedness. You'd know how to like fashion a bow yourself, how to grow vegetables yourself, how to kill an animal yourself, how to build accommodation. All of the things required for your life would be things that you had access to and, and, and understanding of. Now we live in this sort of isolated, sanitised, sort of parcelled off existence where you only really know what you're told. Like, yeah, what we're saying, only, what is it, two days? Cohen's, 
meltdown if the yeah. ATM stop. Like you know, like the, what Cohen's belief about chocolate coins and my belief of like how the, the digestive system of a human being are sort of similar. I only know really what I've been told. If someone like showed me like a, a, a sort of an X-ray image of oh look inside the stomach, there's a little clockwork guy in there that runs everything. I'd have to go oh, okay then. And do you know that the moon was put there? I mean, so the sort of suddenly those outlandish Ike beliefs that the moon's a space station and people are lizards you kind of think well reality is such a sort of five sensory grope through the unknowable and the infinite that all of these things that we laud as absolute fact are really sort of transitory and disposable monuments you know well like yeah but i mean think I, we know. I think you didn't do enough science at school did you when? evidently i was boring oh i like the bunsen burner uh, and even then, only if you I like that you're allowed around. to play with fire at school. I don't, are they still allowed to do that? We used to put fires in the little bins. And the, gas tap, turn the gas tap, turn on, the gas light tap it on, light it with a spoon. Oh, it was great fun. We should never have been I allowed to do that. I think school's different now. We no, shouldn't have been. No. If you go to school now, it's a very different experience. It normally ends with a, a, a telling off from a teacher and a quick trip to the local police station. Yes, uh, some inquiries as to how I got over the fence. Okay, so aren't we going to now interview for a better piece of time Penny Laurie and is that um, let's yeah. make sure that we don't balls this up because uh, I'm not quite Laurie hungry Penny. oh Laurie Penny see you fuckers <laughs> let's not balls you this c- interview up with now Penny Longstocking <laughs> now Pippi what exactly <laughs> <laughs> God we're idiots we're idiots no, you no are for us. you don't know that how the stomach works you don't know what the moon is and you don't know people's names now I know what I've this been lady. told mate but I don't trust nothing do I because I think in a world of lucid dreaming it might just be as true in there ah. email from Dave what on earth has happened to Matt Morgan he's a right prat. <laughs> No, he doesn't say that. He goes, I recall the days of drinking on air, heavy metal, and being slumped lifeless in a lift. So do I, Dave. Fondly. Now it's all parasitic cleanses, fluoride-free toothpaste. Quick, get Slash and some strippers in the studio before we lose him forever. Don't go changing, Dave W. Yeah, Matt, maybe we do need to get Slash in here if it's going to drag you back to the kind of sexist pig we know and love, the drunk, well, lush, I'm happy to do this lift. show drunk. If that is what people want, I will do it. The I next show, ladies and gentlemen... Matt Morgan will no, be drunk, Sorry, ruining his marriage. Penny. What? Oh, you idiot! I said stripper, didn't I? All oh, right, fair enough. I meant lady this who is... takes off her clothes and is really pretty. Dear, dear Russell and Matt, says Michelle, I've always quite liked you pick up on cliches you don't like. For example, when people say stupid things like the noughties or brainchild. Over time, my friend Hannah and I have listed down, put down some extreme cliches that we don't like. And uh, we want to... Oh, these are good. I like this. What's it? Go on. Read it out then. What does it say? We call them cliche Guevara's. That's lovely. What, you're overthrowing (laughs) the cliches? Well, they're just things that people say. I like this. Full fat Coke. People do say that. What do you say instead? Well, instead of diet Coke, you just go, you know, normal Coke, but full fat Coke. Snail mail for, you know, the postal service. Man shitty for Man City. That's a football thing. Outlaws, <laughs> well indoors. done. Never heard that one. Bridezilla, yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Russell was mm. one once. Hey, what do you mean by that? I conducted that marriage like a gent. I'm talking about the wedding. You were on the other Oh yeah. Uh, Pro- Primarni <laughs> instead of Primark, as like Armani. 
aren't you? I've heard that. Yeah. Going out Are on these a school things night. To be banned? No, they're just things that people right. say that you could go. They're the sort of thing a, you know a comic might observe in his next tour if he needed you know some material. Was, um, going out on a school on, night, yeah, oh, not on a show. school night. You say that, don't you, Russ? No, no, absolutely not. I try to avoid cliche wherever I can. Uh, don't I? Do I? I don't know. Yeah, you do actually. I suppose the Twitter, Except by perhaps being one, or the oh, Google or Tinternet and things like that. People say Kashish. Instead of cash, never heard that. Eating al desco when you eat at your desk. Yeah. Some of them I've never heard. What's this but... woman's attitude to these Kalisha Guevara's? She don't like them, she does like them. What she makes her tick? She doesn't like them. They, it's a, yeah, revolution against cliches, she's saying. But they're, I like things like that. I like it. And I think I've said this before. When someone goes... Back to clinking a glass and saying speech. Are you about to no. say that? No! Yes, go on in. a little bit. Yeah, no, was that, was when it? someone's cleaning something and someone walks past and goes, "You missed a bit," because I think that sort of thing like connects us. It's I like that's that holding sort of together thing. society. Yeah, and I think that's good. But some people go, yeah. oh, what, "Mate," you know, thinking it's a big cliche, a dad joke or whatever. I like it; brings us closer together. Talking of which, let's interview a lady yeah. or a woman. Or just a person, Penny. really. Oh, hang on. No, before we do that, let's do this. Right. Squarespace. Before we do any of it, I don't know how to do an interview with this woman. Mm. All right, well, let's do what this advert first so we can actually get some money, and then we'll do the interview, which will finish the show. And I mean Go on, forever. do the advert. I'm trying not to sound panicked and frantic. All right. Try and I'm sound trying... cool. Okay. What's it for? Who's it for, the ad? Squarespace. This episode of the Russell Brand Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to build a website, online store or blog for only $8 per month. What was that noise? And you can get a free domain <laughs> if you sign up for that. Better have not been what I think it was. So what? Crikey. <laughs> when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, don't try and push another one out. <coughs> Sorry, that's not the I advert, can't. and I apologise to any customers. <laughs> really when you decide me. to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code BRAND to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support of the Russell Brand podcast. Come on, guys. Once you've signed up, you will access 24-7 support via live chat and email. So if you're designing a website, it might be quite difficult. 24-7 support, you don't get that anywhere these days except Squarespace space start your free trial end, right. today with no credit card needed and make sure to use offer code brand squarespace <laughs> build it beautiful <laughs> i heard that that was good the last bit was good what the fart it really came on at the end Mate, well, that was the fart good. was probably the best bit but no there's a bit with build it beautiful that was really sounded like an advert now matt do you have a lot of bad back suffering do yes you, you know i do i've seen this email well, or says here that that's because you're part monkey. Well, we all are, aren't we? You're more than part. Not as much as you. You're a half Bollocks. pro. I, how dare you? I'm one of the most evolved people I know. I'm probably... You know when Neo wakes up in that battery? I'm a bit like that. I've woke up. I've seen through the bloody illusion, and I? Not like you, you chimp with your bad back. <laughs> chimp, bad You've got back, a bad back. I remember the other day, some bloke it's came get- in the studio. You tried to get up to shake his head. He went, ooh, fell back in your chair. <laughs> I play the part of granddad in bread. I want me pudding. I want me pudding. <laughs> I know how to play the part of granddad in bed. He's a complex guy. I want my pudding. I want me pudding. If you're constantly suffering back pain like Matt, then you've got a kindred spirit in hairy, tree-swinging primates. That's according to a new study which suggested those who suffer from back pain may have vertebrae similar to those to dirty, stinking chimps. The study by scientists in Canada, where Russell is now, found that humans suffering from a common form of vertebrae 
vocal slip disc had a vertebrae closer in shape to those of the dirty, stinking apes. And evolution could also come in places. You get the idea. You're a bit like a monkey. So there you well, are. Well, you know, I've studied. been told by countless uh, chiropractors and people over the years that our spine evolved to be used as a bridge, not as a tower. We were, it's, a you bridge, know, not a tower? On all fours. And the pressure piling downwards, right? The weight of the head. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but... It's bullshit. It's not my fault. <laughs> right, it's let's phone my... the lady who That's knows about That's what your book ladies. should be called. It should, your book should be called It's Not My Fault by yes. Matt Morgan. Yes. That's what it with should be called. a picture of me with my arms out going, wow, next to something broken. It's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a smashed jug. You and a smashed jug. Yeah. The word. Look, hold on. Before we do an interview, what are we going to do the You've interview You've just about? said smashing jugs. Before a feminist interview. <laughs> my brain is my enemy. Don't How say smashing be- jugs when this lady comes on the phone. She's going to listen back to this fucking thing. She's and it's not. Gonna be bad. You're going to offend us so badly. She'll never even. Well, a lawyer Don't might. do it. I'm going home. See you later. Come here to Canada. <laughs> I'm saying, come here. <laughs> come here. <laughs> look, look, unless you establish some questions, I'm not fucking All right. doing it. Why did this come up? I can't fucking remember what we were talking about. I am against it. I've changed my mind. Right. Let's just end the show. You know, you started saying, in fact, I you started comparing women. Look, you'll do mm-hmm. your poo mm-hmm. later, mate. Uh, you started comparing women to comparing women to? Yeah. No, oh no! Yes, you did. So you're already on shaky ground. You said wild boars. That was it, right? So don't clear that that out of your mind. Just get on the phone to her and just say, "You do this interview." I'm not fucking dicky boy. Let's not phone her. (laughs) We don't have to phone anyone. This is our podcast. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Just do it. When did life become so complicated? Listen, you do it. I'll tell you why I'm doing it. If it sounds Mm. sexist, right? Just then, cut it off. No, you'll hear this. Just put the phone down. <laughs> okay. Right. If it goes there and you hear that, she won't yeah. register that. <laughs> she'll just think that's. She'll just think that's what you do when someone else is talking, right? If you hear that, then you get off that line. Don't no, fuck it. We can't do this. Yes, do it. We've got those fucking buttons. Just nah, do it. This is a bad Russell, idea. Do it. When have you ever no, had listen. a problem with a phone call in the past? You're right. I am good at phone interviews. It's always been a strong part of my game. But let me first establish, in my brain at least, why I'm doing this. Okay. Why is it All I right. do this? Because I live Listen, for a laugh. Right, so feminism, what um, you want, what you want, when you go into any sort of interview, and you'll know this from your Ed Miliband thing, you've got to think, yep. how can I destroy this person's career? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So what you want to do is get her... By any means you can to say something sexist about men, and then turn the tables <laughs> on her. Put your little hands over your little man boobies and what your other hand over your temples, and say, "Madam, <laughs> you have hurt me for the last time." And then hang up. And then can I do a Tarzan noise? <laughs> well, I mean that is anathema to a feminist, isn't it? It's quite like a Tarzan noise, and I, I challenge you to do one as good. Oh, God. I bet he's been practicing that in his hotel yeah, room. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, I'll do that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, 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 he's actually quite good. Go on, phone her up. Just do that Tarzan noise and then hang up. Oh, 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 oh. I'm in the wrong mood. 
I'm oh, in the wrong shit. mood. Oh. Nick, this... Nick is nodding. I'm the, how long has this podcast been going for? What's the time? That's enough for Russell. Think of the viewers, Email not viewers. Us, what so they listeners. Time. Think of the listeners. They'll be going. Oh, I want him to. We'll talk do to it him. next week. How long we've been going? Forty-four minutes. There's no time. Reggie, wrap up the show. Her. The time. Next week Thank we can do with the next Thank one. We're not on next week. This is the last one ever. This is twenty-four shows. And you know this why? was our obligation. This, uh, th- I know, but we listen. I can't go into a, a, an interview with a feminist badly prepared and in a weird mood. I just farted in a microphone during your MySpace advert. I thought Squarespace. <laughs> of course, I did. I can't get through your adverts without a basic grunt. I'm not qualified for this. Send me your email address. We'll do it another. We'll do it another time. It could be a catastrophe. No, you're I'm in right. a weird okay. mood. I'm in Canada. Okay. We've got to preserve ourselves. Do you remember when you phoned up Andrew Sachs? What a balls up. Let's not have any more of that. <laughs> Come on, we've done 44 minutes. G, summarise this. Oh, hang on, look. Listen to that this. We've good. had an email from um, Laurie Penny. Jesus. Hello, oh. are you calling? Question mark. I ought to get back to work soon. All right. Come on. Call her. Call her. Call her. Call her. We can do it. Let's... I mean, we can go long on a podcast, can't we? Yeah. It's the last one. Fuck you. Feminist theory. Come on, Russ, you can do this. Don't fuck All right, it. I can do it. Matt, oi, Matt, you don't touch no fucking buttons because no, this is like a be grown up. Okay. No, don't, I won't press, do anything. No, don't I won't, press nothing. I won't fuck. I've got to be grown Hello. up. No, don't. Don't be. Is that Laurie Penny? Yes, it is. Hello. Hello, this is Russell Brand. Hello, Russ. How are you doing? We're pretty good. We're doing a podcast at the moment. And like earlier on, I started getting into talking about feminist theory. But then the podcast has gone on to be since then quite stupid, you know, like descended. (laughs) So I thought what? So I was a bit nervous about ringing you because obviously I know you're a feminist. I know you're a very respected writer. I'm very concerned that what if I, you know, I've not got a good track record of, you know, I say stupid stuff because of my prioritization of humor over pretty much all else. Look, so there's this there's this massive myth that feminists aren't funny or that feminism is a very, very serious thing. And of course it's a massive of course it's a serious thing. But I mean, it's important to have silly stuff too. That's why you see all these amazing memes online. I mean, I think you know as somebody, yeah, I mean, because you're you're a comedian, but you're also a political person, right? You know that this stuff, you can't just lay it all out and be very, very grim about everything, even if um, stuff is incredibly grim, as it is right now with uh, everything that's happened uh, in the UK in the election, right? Yeah. It's, um... So yeah, it's an, and obviously with with the track record and stuff. I think um, I, w- I was saying to your producer before I came on the show. It's um, I am a massive, massive fan of people being allowed to learn and grow and change, right? Whatever age they are, and I think it's really, really positive that uh, you're doing this kind of thing on your show now and bringing it in. What what made you want to bring it into the podcast this time? I think that I that, that most of my sexism was just inadvertent and cultural like that you know the sort of the references and the kind of language mm-hmm. I think are cultural and the promiscuity and the uh Im- the implications of promiscuity of like objectification and not valuing mm-hmm. the experience for other people which in my case would be women that wasn't that just weren't really on my agenda and he's not making excuses well he's making excuses here are those excuses like that I learned about sex through porn that was like I didn't have any I can't remember any other education around sex other than pornography and I can't and most of my validation uh, about masculinity came from 
confidence and sort of a conquistadorial mm-hmm. attitude towards women. So it was like my it was in my identity before I kind of had an adult perspective that, that you know that, that being good with women and all of that was sort of part of it. But one of the things that like um, women have said to me is that even like through my inadvertent sexism and, and sort of casual sort of yeah. idiomatic sexism, what I've not ever had is misogyny because I don't I don't think I have that ingredient. I don't think I have at my essence a kind of women i think i've definitely been sexist and well in the sort of sexist arena but like misogyny i think is i think there's an important distinction there is there yeah 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 yeah. well misogyny is when you hate women and it's hating women from the core of you and i don't think you're that kind of person although a lot of people in that kind of stuff can be casual as well i think it's really important what you're saying because all, you know, when you're a feminist and you're out there, you know, writing about gender, obviously it's very hard and you get a lot of attacks. And one of the first things people say to you is, well, do you hate men? Do you hate men? And and it's kind of, it gets almost boring because you have to start every time saying, no, 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 no. We don't hate men because so much, and I think this, it kind of applies to other kinds of politics too. Most of the people who make mistakes and hurt other people and they don't mean to. It's stuff that you learn from culture, like you say. And most mm. guys, even guys who are, you know, hugely sexist, they don't they don't do that because they, they don't go out, you know, on a to a bar thinking, Oh, I'm gonna be really sexist tonight and that's gonna be a lot of fun you know they, mm. they do that because they perform it for other guys because it's how their sense of self comes through their sense of what it means to be a good man and a good person and it's um i think it's really mm. important to say that to guys and it's not enough just to say it's not about not yes. hating men it's about understanding and saying look this In, this stuff i think really in a lot of million- yeah in a lot of cultural milieus, identification with like your group is about the exclusion of the other. Even on a very basic, you know, like you know, the, what, the main thing about being an Arsenal fan might be not liking Spurs. And a group of men, part an integral part of their identity is like, oh, yep. you know, often what you'll notice is we're not gay and we have uh, we have an yep. accepted attitude towards women. You notice that those sort of cultural codes run quite deep. Yep. But I think you they said an important thing out of it. You go what like uh, sort of a sort yeah, of casual homophobia and objectification of women. It all goes together. It performs for other guys and other assumed other straight guys. It's like, and this is what the internet does actually. Is it shows you, you know, you have men talking to themselves as they as they always have, like in a male only space or down in the pub, or and then suddenly women are listening and they can hear what is has been a quite normal way of talking and then we're going, oh, hang on, hang on, this is not right at all. But anyway, go on. Sorry, I interrupted mm. I think it's an interesting time, actually. To, I'm thinking about what you just said then about male-only spaces. It's probably an interesting mm. time to be a man because I think like gender identity politics has been changing since the 60s and particularly for I think sort of thing for working class and lower middle class men there's like this uh, attack on their values their identity mm-hmm. that's not coming primarily from feminism but that's a sort of an observable component a very sort of visible yeah. aspect the same way as you might find that immigrants would bear the brunt for economic conditions that are not really about immigration you know that it seems to be sort of vis- yeah. visible emblems are, tend to be what define issues as opposed to their essential causes yeah you know what's important as well you, you touched on something very important here um i've been um, i've been reading up on this lately and um you know in times of economic crisis and when stuff is very very hard and people find it hard to get work and they're 
they're poorer. You find that gender gender identity and like performing being a man and performing being a woman becomes even more important. And I think for hmm. guys as well, in the, in you know, in a time when you know it's harder, you know, being a man is also associated with you know having a good job, having loads of money, and if that kind of stuff is much harder to come by, then all the other stuff becomes much more important, right? Yes, I think that Laurie, you and I should carry on talking because, uh, like, this has been like I've really had to sober up to have this chat before. Like, like literally five seconds before we were talking, I was acting like some like giddy jerk on an escalating <laughs> right. world of loopy adolescent male behaviour. But there's lots of things for us to talk about. One of the continual themes that we talk about uh, on this show is how increasingly our cultural life is becoming a kind of detached facsimile of reality what it is to be a man what it is to be in public space mm-hmm. what it is to participate in politics one of the examples that i used uh, in a previous show was that david cameron's speech that he gave on the steps of number 10 on winning the election if what he yes. said on that step was true then everything would be fine but we're in a, we're engaged in a cultural dialogue where we the people that watch that speech know that it isn't true what he's saying yes. we know we don't expect it to be true anymore and the other the sort of like the uh, defeated party leaders after they'd resigned looked like they would plugged once more into humanity once more into reality that sort of cultural life is a sort of a kind of a, a, a there's a complicity in that illusion like we all accept that politics is bollocks that what people say is yep. bollocks that this and, like, and i think that relates to what you're saying is like this is the accepted identity of a man this is the accepted yep. identity of a woman and as those things change it kind of like some some people can really grip on to like no 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 this is what being a man is and this is like how we define yeah, it you, you kind of hold on to it even harder i tell you a really interesting thing happened to me lately in the, um so i was I grew up with sisters, you know, I don't have any brothers, and, you know, I have close male friends, but, um, you know, in my close family, I don't have any men, and I was um, I was wondering about a lot of stuff about masculinity, because guys write to me all the time, you know, men and boys, and obviously I get all the horrible stuff as well, the death threats, rape threats, but I also get guys write to me and email me saying, <laughs> it's funny, they almost say, like, I think I'm becoming a feminist, you know, what do I, it's almost like you might write to an agony aunt saying, I've got this horrible rash, will it go? away <laughs> no it'll never go it will never go away but um and i i so i put up a survey and i asked like you know if you want like a i promise i won't give you details or you know talk about it just like if you want to send answer some of these questions about being a guy and you know what it means to you maybe you know maybe we could talk about it so i put this survey up and i was thinking maybe i'd get you know 20 responses and it's not scientific it's just on my twitter and i got mm-hmm. a thousand responses within the first two days i had to like massively upgrade the service people want to talk about this stuff there's there's so between what you're saying like the facsimile of what it means to be a man and people's actual lived experience and lived truth there is a huge gap and there's so much that guys i think really want to be able to express not all of them obviously but i think a lot of people really want to be able to to talk about it honestly and and be kind of kinder and more empathetic we should continue this conversation, Laurie Penny. When you listen yeah. to this podcast, because I think we've got a lot of things in common, more than I imagined yeah. we would, because I've read loads of your stuff <laughs> and I, I admire a lot of it, well, but sometimes do. not, because sometimes it's a direct attack on me. Those bits I've never liked. Aww. But like mostly I think you're... No, I'm only mucking around. But mostly I think your yeah, stuff's yeah. really wicked. When you listen to this podcast, uh, try and ignore the bits that are either side of this glimmering jewel of conscientious <laughs> debate, because it, it's sort of it's entrenched in the, sort of the, the mud of adolescent minds. But uh, thank you. Let's stay in touch and become friends. I'll get your... Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. get in touch with you and we can you continue like to talk. Really nice 
I, deep down, I'm I'm all right. What we should do is we'll we'll continue to communicate and we'll get in touch with you on this show every time we career wildly into the territory of uh, mindless or casual sexism, and we can have you as a person. You can somewhat police this in your spare time. We'll just ring you up and say, "I said oh, no, this don't, thing." I don't, I don't want to be any kind of police. No, please. No, no not, not in these conservative times, Laurie. But I, I use the word okay. merely as a verb. All right, all right, all right, then. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Take Laurie. Care. Thanks a lot, Bye-bye. mate. Thank you for coming on. We'll be Bye. in touch. Cheers. Thank you. Well, uh, Matt, I'm going to thank you mostly for not putting a jingle on at any point during it. There was no because point where it saw, felt right, was there, really? There was no point. There was the, like, there were bits like, I mean, like, think of the jokes that you have to, you, you just have to let go. Because it's like, for me, like, because I think for me, it's sort of too tentative because I sort of feel like, you know, it's not like I'm Alan Carr, you know what I mean, where I can sort of wade in and be cheeky. I'm too sort of yeah. strongly identified with a kind of sort of casual sexism. And I sort of like, you know, really everything she's saying, I like you know i agree with on an actual level you know like yeah. comedically no it's a minefield for you, you isn't know. it so you have to go yeah. hang on so you have to if you can't use your comic persona which yeah you know, is a bit like you know baldy and whatever then you think yeah, it shuts you down a bit but also she wasn't it's not like she was in the studio and listened to the studio uh, to this show before right mm. so it felt like the giddy silliness then you've called her up it would have been a bit off if I'd have played jingles and we'd have mucked about. And stuff. It'd have been mad. I mean, she I doesn't thought it know what the tone to of Kai, the bloody Canadian geezer that was here at the top. I know. I mean, like he, he doing right. it to sort of a respected was, bloody he was, feminist he was in the room, writer. Yeah, but um, he said he's not in the room now. He's sat in the corridor crying his eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like someone's just told him that Zane's left One Direction, which has also bloody happened. All right, so, G, now, will you be able to somehow summarise a, a vacillating show of myriad aspects that began giddy and euphoric and ended with an interesting debate on postmodernism and gender identity? Can you somehow put that in a poem? And then we'll think about who we're going to award this no. poem. He's saying no. Very clearly. I didn't catch that not, last bit. Done. I just didn't catch any of that last bit, right? Okay, this poem is called... What's the wrong attitude? <laughs> he hates feminists. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Because you said I didn't catch that. You're right a feminist there. hater. No, he didn't mean the call. He meant the last bit you said. This well, poem's called... Mama's... Women are bitches. <laughs> you are gay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See, it's not me that says that. Now I'm feeling we're being judged by her, right? Yeah, but he's put this You'll all be, on You're edge. being judged. Women are not our enemies. They're no. not judging us. They are our sisters. Matt's got sisters. I've got. A, I'm an only child. <laughs> is that going to help? <laughs> okay then. Right. This poem is called Mama Say. There's a thin line between the actual and the possible on how patriarchal we are or on what might be probable. Our truths and our falsehoods are defined by corporate necessity. But when did our earth become concrete, giving our chocolate a cardboard energy? But we pray to find good views as the situationists accuse. Yet we're drifting with no agenda and effective fallacy seeking clues. Mother Nature's chord progression explores our hidden feminist heart to test a line between who we need to be and who they say we are. Woo! That was actually yeah. good, G. You actually done well. Men can be gentle. We're not idiots. We can do it. We, we listen. can do it, guys. Well done, G. Who should we award that uh, poem to? I mean, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Yeah, what we should do? It's got to be. Laurie Penny. Give it to Laurie Penny. Us men reaching out across the gender divide, showing a willingness to grow. Sending a poem to a woman. Trying to understand. That's how to end sexism (laughs) right there. (laughs) A poem we've all signed. We're going to be better men, us three, not you so much, Matt. I think we're going to try. We don't need to get better. 
No, we do. We do. No, we do. Yeah. We're, we're going to improve. We're going to be but, a bit less bloody... What? What about in adverts when there's a man going, I can't use the washing <laughs> oh machine, God. and there's a woman going... <laughs> what about in adverts? <laughs> no, there's That's a woman going, real, is it? well, this idiot can't do it. Yeah, but it's sexist to us. No, we've got to police ourselves, well, at yeah, least. I know. We're, I'm, I'm, that doesn't bother me, I think. But who's policing the police cells? <laughs> all right, let's wrap this fucking thing up. I think we've all tried our hardest, and it's time to go to bed. Brought to you by Audio Boom. 